0: Down to dunk, yeah. um, Miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved—that's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. (laughs) I (laughs) know (laughs) it. I it's a real world. It's a real. It's a real. That's a real one. Not in your vocabulary. Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen
1: Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk.
0: Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, I have Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, uh, Alex. Some big news in Thunderland. The Thunder have granted permission to Carmelo Anthony to meet with other teams. He's met with the Heat. He's met with the Rockets, according to Woj. And he has also waived his no-trade clause which I think is, is cool, but it's something that I thought inevitably was going to happen because I don't think that he has that many options. But what are your uh, initial thoughts on this mellow news?
1: Uh, yeah, it's just very exciting because I feel like we've been talking about this for a while that you know, everyone was getting hung up on the no trade clause. But the whole time you really just needed a team who is willing to buy out mellow. That's all you need. And so him waving his no trade clause kind of shows that and it opens up the trade market for us, obviously. Um, so I'm excited. We're going to get, we're probably going to get a trade. It seems we, like it. We yeah. love trades. We love trades. And I've taken
0: myself personally to the trade machine many times trying to figure out what this could be. And it's tough. I mean, there's there's like three team trade scenarios where he goes to the Miami Heat and the Thunder don't have to bring back that twenty eight million in salary. You know, they can send James Johnson to either Atlanta or to Sacramento. But then that's like why would like what are the, what do the Hawks get out of that? You know, James Johnson's a good player, but he has not helped them where they're at right now. So right. I think that in that case you would have to send along with him an Alex Sabrinas or a Terrence
1: Ferguson. How would you feel about that? Um, and in that scenario, we're getting back Dion. I'm assuming. Yeah, I think that. So
0: Dion Waiters works, and he's 11 million uh, over the next three years, (laughs) which is we'd have we'd have a core locked up for the next three years, including Dion (laughs) Waiters, Um, and Tyler Johnson would work too, and he's got two years left, but it's like 19 million.
1: Yeah, his I like they're obviously trying to get off of Tyler Johnson yeah. and his deal is just so rough. Like I wish it was just a few million less per year.
0: Yeah. Cause
1: looking at that 19 million for this year and then a player option, which obviously he's opting into <laughs> Yeah, he, be, consider be, it opted in already <laughs> because if it was a little less, you would at least consider it if you could get someone like justice Winslow back. Um, but yeah. I, I, I don't know if I would want to take back, tyler johnson so i do think that Dion is probably the best option in this case for a couple reasons one his contract is such that you're significantly reducing your tax bill but you're still getting a quality piece back um, and as we've heard about you know john ham was talking about this the idea of you're giving up mellow without really replacing him with another scorer well Dion could be that potential score and we already know that he's fine with coming off the bench he might start early in the season as Robertson's kind of coming back from his injury so i think he makes a lot of sense both contract wise and just what he's bringing to the court so i i i unfortunately do like the idea <laughs> of deon waiters coming back to okc hey it would be amazing you know
0: that i would be just elated if that happened uh you, you're trying to uh Resurrect the idea of me getting a tattoo of him uh, if he came back. I, th- I think that's uh, probably not going to happen, but I may put a uh, if the Thunder win the championship back on the back on the table if he does return. Back on the table. Uh, but there, he and Tyler Johnson are very similar players. I think Johnson's a little bit better shooter than Dion is, uh, but they can both create. They can both uh distribute the ball a little bit so i you'd i think you'd rather have dion for several reasons he's already been in the thunder system he knows what it takes to be a thunder player he knows uh westbrook he knows how to play with westbrook he's he's good with his role here i think so there's a lot of reasons that you'd rather have him the money is also a huge factor in it as well uh but if the Thunder are willing to spend a little bit more and Tyler Johnson's if they're not willing to give up Dion, if they're only willing to give up Tyler Johnson, I think that he definitely helps the cause because he can defend, he can shoot it, he could be a backup guard, kinda of your third guard. Uh he they're both interesting players. And and maybe and maybe James Johnson would be the guy too. Like he, he's an interesting player as well. He's he's a versatile forward. Uh, that could help this team out today. So uh, I just think that they have a lot of guys there that could really help the Thunder. And if they're replacing Mellow, like the talent level is definitely lower, but I think the fit and kind of the direction that the Thunder are going, it makes so much
1: sense to get one of those guys. Now, why do you think that it most likely would have to be a three-team deal? Just because you you think OKC wouldn't want to take back the amount of money that they would need to, if it was just straight up. I just think that there's a win-win
0: in there somewhere for the thunder and they were able to trade mellow. They'll get a player back and they're able to save some money. I think if you can, and doing all three of those things, I mean, that's asking quite a bit, but I think that that's, that would be the goal. And so you could do mellow to the heat, James Johnson to the Hawks plus Ferguson plus a Plus, the rights to any or all of the second round picks that they made. I mean, I don't know what you'd do. I don't know what sweetens the pot enough for Atlanta to do that to take on. I mean, James Johnson's deal is pretty big. It's like 45 million over the next three years. Right. So, you'd have to, it'd have to be something pretty significant. You'd think it would probably
1: have to be Ferguson. Uh, well, you know, there is one other team that does have space and does need a small forward. Uh, are you talking about the Sacramento Kings? I am talking about the Sacramento Kings.
0: <laughs> they would, was they would t- think that they were getting Melo back. They would just think, like, oh, <laughs> we get to get Carmelo Anthony? Awesome. Like they would just have no idea.
1: Because I was looking at teams like the the type of teams you could trade to. And so there's the teams with space. This year, which is really just Atlanta and Sacramento, I I don't know if Chicago still has a little bit of money left. Um, But then, and then there's the teams that are likely to be in the tax next season who might be looking to get off of future money, which is like Toronto, Portland, Houston, Miami, Golden State, and Denver. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think it's going to involve one some combination of those like eight teams well it's probably not going to involve golden state but uh you know i wish there was a better deal out there with toronto somehow but it do, it just doesn't make sense with the players they have Mm-mm. um so yeah I, I do i still think miami is the best option
0: i'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show You've got to go to the press. I've had people tweet at me recently saying that they finally went and that it was some of the best food they've ever had. And it's so true. It's located in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. They've got incredible food. They've got anything that's mac and cheese. I'm just telling you, it's good. They use this pasta called Radiatory Pasta. i have had it several times and I I like it so much. I went and bought just some Radiatory Pasta from a house. Uh, Hopefully my wife will cook up something good with it because it's just awesome. Uh, But their mac and cheese is just so good. You can get it with uh, buffalo chicken on it. You can get it with barbecue chicken on it. You can get it with all kinds of stuff. And it's just so good. So you can also get the meatloaf. I went to the press with my grandma one time, and she got the meatloaf and shared some with me and got the mac and cheese with it. It was just so good. Uh, I've talked about the veggie burger. Man, I'm for real. Like some of you guys are like, I don't want a veggie burger. And I'm telling you, it's good. You've got to go check out... The Press, because everything there is good. I've yet to have anything that's not good. I don't know if you heard that. My son just tried to shoot me with a Nerf gun in the face. Um, But you've got to go check out The Press. It is just an incredible, incredible restaurant. It's a cool place to go. It's a great place to go for a group. They've got a great bar. They've got a great beer and cocktail selection. So support the people that support Down to Dunk
1: and eat at The Press. Now, what do you think? And we kind of got into this on Twitter, but... So you send him to Miami. He has always he has already suggested that he would be willing to play there. Yeah. Or at least that's what Woe suggested. Um so in that scenario, you're keeping him away from Houston. The question is, is that a good or a bad thing?
0: <laughs> uh it's it's interesting because I just don't know what problem Melo is solving for Houston. I mean they already can score the basketball. They, you know, they could defend last year, but they're missing their two best wing defenders now, and Ariza and Imbabaute. Like who, who defends Kevin Durant? You know, who defends Paul George? Who defends those guys? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer. To you. Gerald Green?
1: Like who else? Is uh, on the I roster? actually do know the answer. What is because, it? Because uh, DeAnthony Melton? Uh, no, he does look very good, but. Uh, no, I was reading a blog post on uh, Space City Hoops today. It's a Rockets blog, okay. and uh, apparently the the big replacement that's going to be coming in, and we're going to find out today. He's choosing between Houston and Brooklyn is James Ennis. And James <laughs> Ennis, in this article, they're talking about why he would be a, a good fit for the for the Rockets. Okay, they say. First off, he is an elite defender who can guard the perimeter well and lock down opponents. Oh, boy. So I think they're putting uh, some eggs in the James Ennis basket. And beyond that, I don't know. I, I do think Melo kind of falls into this category, and MCW falls into this category as well, as like players that Houston, for whatever reason, just thinks that they can get more out of. Yeah. They think that they're going to bring them into their system and it's just going to be different for some reason maybe it will be but it definitely uh they him and mcw kind of those two signings would have very similar uh reasonings behind them i know you don't listen to bill simmons but i don't bill simmons had a live podcast with daryl morey Uh and there was a point where everyone on stage, which was like Shea Serrano and a few other people, they were all making fun of him for signing MCW. Oh, really? Yeah, so, it was really funny. What did Daryl Morey say? He said, we signed a rookie of
0: the year. Oh, no. <laughs> See, that's that's the trap. That's the trap of, Mar- of Michael Carter Williams. Right. That's why he's been on so many teams.
1: But I, I, I don't know. When I, when I think about Houston's offseason, like, I think focusing on how Mello helps Houston against Golden State really misses the point. Because in my opinion, where their roster is now, they're not beating Golden State, whether yeah. they have Melo or not. Um, I, I still think Houston's going to be a really good regular season team. I have like as long as they're healthy. Um, and by the way, they were not healthy last year. They had a, a ton of guys miss significant amounts of games
0: yeah
1: um miss like at least 10 games so i if they're healthy i still think they're going to be fine in the regular season whether they get mellow or not um so i don't know if it ultimately matters the mellow thing at that point it's like well does it make them more likely to beat our team you know because i don't know if either of us really has a good chance to beat golden state so then it comes down to like well can we beat houston and uh you know, I mean, on the one hand, Andrew Houston does—they were the number one isolation team last year, right? So, Milo make does make sense in that in that way.
0: But do you want um, to give uh, uh, the question is do you want to give isolation possessions to Carmelo Anthony? At this, they point clearly do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're
0: right. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, you're basically bringing on a cooler Ryan Anderson, right? With what you'd want from him and
1: both
0: both guys you have to sit and ryan anderson seemed okay with it because he's like i'm making 20 million dollars and you know "This this is fine Mello threw a hissy fit when he had to sit just for a few minutes and i just don't i don't know maybe he maybe he's a changed man when he goes to this team maybe chris paul screaming at him would will change his mind about what his role should be I have my doubts about that. But I just, I don't know. They're talking about playing him at the three. And I, I thought that one of the best things that Billy did all season was that he never played Mello at the three. I mean, never played him at the three. Yeah. And thinking about, because I keep hearing, and I just, it makes no sense to me. I keep hearing that Mello would be a Trevor Ariza replacement. And I'm just, like, <laughs> guys, like this, he can't play the three anymore. He can't, he could hardly stick with a lot of fours. And so to, to think that he could play the three again, I mean he'd have to be in impeccable shape, and that's why I think like Miami, like maybe he could play the three in Miami because they're going to require him to be in a certain amount of shape. But Houston and <clears throat> OKC didn't do that, and so I just wonder, what is it? What does that look like? And so I don't know. I don't. I don't think that it matters if he goes to Houston or not. I, I don't. I don't think it raises their ceiling as much because i i kind of thought that Mello would raise the ceiling of the thunder and also lower the floor of the thunder but it really just lowered their floor because <clears throat> in the playoffs he did he was not helpful he was really bad and a lot of it was that he just wasn't shooting well and maybe he shoots better in houston that's that's a possibility but he was also just being targeted over and over and over again and that nba is not going away for a long time and Mello will be long gone once that era is over of just finding the weakest link and targeting it and so i just it, i just don't know how you can play him in the fourth quarter
1: of meaningful games it, it really is amazing this houston team like really had a remarkable season they pushed golden state all the way to seven games um, they lose partly because of just like a fluke cold streak from three mm-hmm. and then they respond to that and by the way, the, the reason that they were did so well against Golden State had a huge reason to do with that they had so many defenders on the court right. at all times. Um, and then they respond to that kind of in the same way that uh, Dallas responded after the 2011 championship. It's just like, yeah, maybe I don't think we need to pay these guys. And yeah. adding or not bringing back Ariza, even at that amount that the Suns gave him one year, $15 million, like that doesn't – it's not like that freed up – more money to go get someone better right it didn't it just saved them tax money
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's all it did and so i, I mean the, what the houston fans are saying is like well look he's about to be 30 34 years old he's been declining every year it's like sure but they the just heard the sun minutes on the team yeah and the sun's just signed him for a one-year deal it's not like he was asking for like a four-year 60 million dollar deal you're signing him for 1 year like your your championship window is open right now right and they they let him go for tax reasons there's i i can't imagine another reason unless there's something that we don't know about yeah um so it's just it's really strange and they seem to just be doing all this on the fly i don't know who they're going to get jonathan fegan um he's one of the houston reporters Fagan, yeah fagan yeah mm-hmm he was, he was mentioning like some guys that they're going to go after. And and it was guys like James Ennis or a uh, trivia Graham or Joel Nunnally, which I hadn't heard that name. <laughs> Joel Wait, is that Nunnally. His name? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we went to school with uh Nunnally, didn't we? Yeah, that we was did. not. Joel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that was, those were like the names he was throwing out and it's like, yeah, I guess maybe, um, I mean, obviously Houston has a really good system and they have a system where you can just bring in guys who are straight role players because they do so much ISO. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can look at this Houston team regardless of who they sign from here on out and think that they're better equipped to hand Golden State. Yeah. I mean,
0: I like the idea of Travion Graham as like your ninth guy, but he's not like you can't replace Trevor Ariza with him. You know, and you look at the Thunder and kind of what they're doing after they move on from Melo, like they're in position to kind of be that team that has Russ and Paul and then a bunch of defenders. I mean, there's there's not a lot of weak link defenders now that Melo's gone and guys that are going to soak up a lot of minutes because you really, like you trust a lot of these guys. I mean, obviously Steven Adams, if Robertson can get back, and get right, he's obviously one of the best defenders in the NBA. Jeremy Grant, great defender. Patrick Patterson, good defender. I thought Terrence Ferguson made strides as a defender. New Orleans Noel, defender. Ray Felton at least gives effort on that end. Uh, Abrinas showed quite a bit in the playoffs last year as a defender against uh, the Jazz. So, like, they're kind of setting themselves up to be that kind of team. And if you can bring in a Deon Waiters, who I thought was tremendous, in the 2016 playoffs as a wing defender. And they're setting themselves up to be that kind of defensive monster that has this these, this two-headed score there. And I just think like that's that's about as good as you can get at this point to playing against Colton State or even playing against Houston. I think that's like, the best you can get is let's see if we can just defend and switch everything and, you know, see if the R guys can score enough to compete because if you remember the Golden State Houston series they weren't playing in the hundreds they were playing in the 90s right and so you're not talking about having to score a crazy amount of points uh, if you can lock down on defense then you just need to score enough to win and I feel like this Thunder team has enough weapons to be able to do that
1: yeah but I think the point there is that if if we really want to start talking about them competing with Golden State they really do need that just one more piece sure. and I and it and it could be something as simple as Dion waiters like I'm not saying that they need to go find like some all-star or something mm-hmm. I, I do think like I, I think Dion waiters makes more sense than like this pipe dream of getting Jabari Parker or something yeah <laughs> I, oh, I feel like I that totally that agree. would just that would be like repeating the mellow experiment just with a younger version
0: yeah 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 and even and and I'll get a lot of pushback on this. And I'm not saying that I'd rather have Dion than Kevin Love, but bringing in Kevin Love complicates everything again to me because he's another guy that needs a lot of shots. He's another guy that you can't really play at the four uh, in crucial moments against teams that are going small. And can he be your center? And do you want him to be? Like, I just don't know. He's great you'd be awesome for the regular season. If the thunder were able to acquire him for mellow and assets. I mean, I think you probably have to do that deal and the thunder maybe win 60 games. Like that's a great regular season team. But then when it comes back down to the playoffs, are you going to be able to play him? And he's going to be targeted like he was against golden state and they got swept by golden state in the finals. And I, I I like Kevin Love as a player. I think he's awesome as a regular season guy. Uh, But I just worry that you just have like your, I mean, he would be like best case scenario mellow and probably even better than that. He's very talented. He's very good. He's easily the third best player on this team. But you have to, I think that the Thunder are really looking at fit going forward. They want to play faster. They want to have a great defensive team. And I just don't know that Kevin Love fits that. And I think that at this point, you'd rather have fit over talent because I think that it the mellow thing complicated the offense. And I just don't know that you need somebody else complicating it. I think you need more play finishers. I think you need guys that don't care as much about how many shots they get because you have two guys that are going to take a ton of shots. Russ and Paul George are going to take a ton of shots this season. And so I think that's what the Thunder want. And I just wonder if you need another guy that's going to come in and need, you know, 16, 17, 18 shots.
1: Right. Yeah. I, no, I, th- I think that's a good point. I mean, I think both of us would be very excited if Kevin Love ended up on this team. Yeah. It would be a very fun team. Um, and I think they'd get Oklahoma city would get a ton of positive press out of it. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I think in this scenario where there the, the goal is to beat teams like Houston and Golden State, I think Dion Waiters. Oh man, this uh, I'm just Ooh, throwing up. In my it. I'm throwing up. throwing it, my it, mouth Just it. thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think in this uh, in this scenario, <laughs> I think bringing in Dion Waiters might make a little more uh, a little more sense than Kevin Love. Wow.
0: Uh, yes, uh, I am. Uh,
1: I'm going to aggregate that to my own blog
0: today. <laughs> my own, per- I'm going to start up my own personal blog, Andrew Schlecht at blogspot.com, and I'm just going to write a story about you saying that. It's going to be so
1: much fun. <laughs> but seriously, you look at uh, like what Houston did last summer. You know, uh, they have their two headed monster in Chris Paul and James Harden, yep. and then they just brought in a ton of defenders. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all your, they focused on.
0: And they had Capella, which Stephen Adams and Capella are are similar players in a lot of ways right and yeah i mean it it makes a lot of sense and looking at what they did in the draft and the signing of deontay burton you have hamadou diallo kevin hervey uh, devin hall all those guys it's like oh i can see what they're trying to do they're trying to get athletic versatile players that can play within this kind of system and that's the direction that they're heading. And they brought in a bunch of those guys. I don't know who's going to end up on the roster. I don't know if it, it seems likely that they're going to move on from Corey Brewer. They gave New Orleans, Noel, Corey Brewer's number. And that may, may mean nothing in the end, but it sure seems like it means something to me. And so I think it's likely that they move on from Houston and um, from Corey Brewer. And, you know, they have Deontay Burton as a two-way contract. They have one more two-way to sign, You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Diallo with the Thunder. Um, And then I don't know who will get the other two-way spot. I don't know what they're going to do with Daniel Hamilton. I hope they they let him go. But I have this, like, sick feeling in my stomach that he's going to get a roster spot just because he's this year's Dakari Johnson. (laughs) He's really stuck it out with the blue. Like, I just hate... Like, I love a lot of things about the center organization. I think they do a lot of things the right way. I think the way they handle these g-league guys is wrong <laughs> you don't like you don't owe them anything like right. they need to earn yeah. that roster spot i think that dakari for the most part is going to be a wasted spot because he's not they're talking about the way they want to play and then you have dakari johnson on your roster well what are you doing like he can't play this way he's not right. he can't run like that and i think Dakari's is skilled i think that he's shown a lot in summer league i think he's a great g-league player like he's going to put up crazy stats there if he's going to be with the blue at all uh, just because he can do a lot of things, but I just don't know. Like, do you want the ball in Dakari Johnson's hands? The answer is no. The answer is absolutely not. And so I think, like, Devin Hall makes a lot of sense. He's a play finisher, he's got some grit. Uh, you have Kevin Hervey, who's just huge. I mean, that dude is massive. And if he can hit a corner three and defend a little bit, like, that's that's a big win. Deontay Burton is super fun. That guy is very skilled. He's. 6'5, 250 pounds. He's just this <laughs> giant, just beefy, beefy man that can handle and pass. Uh, it's I don't know if he can shoot it from three at the NBA level. He the sample size is really low in college, and so it's really hard to say. But he is super fun. Diallo, crazy athlete, defender. He can handle a lot better than I thought he could. He can do a lot of things a lot better than I thought he could. And, you know, maybe this will be completely idiotic. And it's only been a few Summer League games. But, like, watching all those guys, like, I don't feel as bad about letting a Terrence Ferguson go in a trade if you have to, to bring back somebody. One, that person's probably going to be, if it's Deion Waiters, if it's Tyler Johnson, if it's any of those guys, he's going to be taking Terrence Ferguson's minutes, most likely, anyways. Right. And two, I feel like they've got some talent in the pipeline now to where you don't really have to worry about that all that much. And Ferguson has looked really rough in the summer league. Uh, I think he's defended well. I think that he's shown some little things that I really like. I'm not worried about him at the NBA level. But they're trying to stretch him to be more of a playmaker, a guy that can take you know take two dribbles and and dish it off to somebody. And he's really shown largely that <clears throat> he's not ready for that role. And that's okay. He's still 20 years old. He's super young. He can still develop. He's likely still going to be on this Thunder team and actually play this year. Um, But, you know, with Hamadou Diallo there, with Devin Hall, like, like, I don't know. I don't feel as bad about letting him go just because I thought, I think the Thunder did a really good job in the second round finding guys that
1: can fit this mold and maybe potentially play in the league. Right. I mean, just like you were saying, you compare this class to whatever like the accumulation of their previous classes which is like daniel hamilton and dakari like i'm I'm way more excited about this class of prospects coming in like this this version of their pipeline mm-hmm. um diallo's
0: i think diallo's gonna be good i don't know i don't know that he'll play for the thunder he may be on the team it wouldn't surprise me if they signed him to a roster spot just because they want him working out with russell and paul and Andre Robertson and all those guys to kind of learn how to play the game. But I don't know how much he'd play this season. But you can you can see it. You can see the potential that he has, and he just looks like a Thunder player. Like, he's crazy. His athleticism is nuts. Like, he's probably, if he makes the roster, he's probably a top three athlete on this team. I mean, he's, the rebounds that he skies for, that dunk that he had, I mean, he's he's got some crazy athleticism, and he's got some skill, too, He's a five-star recruit out of high school. He's got – and he played at Kentucky. And, like, we're seeing with Kevin Knox right now that a lot of times these Kentucky guys are told to do, like, one or two things. And, like, those are the only things you're going to do for us to win games. And Knox can do a ton more, I think. Um, And also I think Diallo's shown that he's got a little bit more than what
1: he showed there too. Yeah, this summer league has been, like, a great showcase for guys who are probably – in a bad position in college yeah um or who are overshadowed by other guys like wendell carter's another one mm. um you know he if you if you read about wendell carter when he was at duke like they he was not expecting marvin bagley to suddenly show up and he was going to be more of a focal point there and then bagley shows up and it just changes his whole season and now we're actually getting to see like what wendell carter can do and it turns out he's very good
0: yeah he's awesome
1: um, and, and the same thing with the Kentucky point guard, uh, SGA. Like yeah. he, I mean, he still got taken in the lottery, but he's, he looks really good too. And he, he looks yeah. better than you would have thought if you're just watching Kentucky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, yeah. that it, team was a weird fit.
0: That Kentucky team was weird. They're weird to watch, but
1: yeah, I think all those guys
0: can do a little bit more than, than what they've shown in college. Uh, I just thought of this looking at the trade machine with Sacramento. Yes. And Ham brought this up, brought up like Zach Randolph coming back to the Thunder. Uh, again, like that doesn't fit the direction they're heading. I don't really like mm-hmm. that all that much. What about Schumpert?
1: Yeah, I was looking at Schumpert yesterday as well.
0: I don't love that. That doesn't, I don't get excited about that at all. Uh, but I don't know. What do you think about that
1: we i mean we would talk ourselves into it super fast oh, and no, we know let me, let me try to do
0: it real quick let me pull up his basketball reference page and i'll talk myself <laughs> into it in like five seconds
1: <laughs> well and, and don't forget I f- the thunder have been linked to Shump before yeah they tried to trade
0: for him uh, a couple years ago when he was in new york and that one wouldn't surprise me and they would they could buy him out the king's could.
1: um Okay, you're about to sell me on Iman Shumpert.
0: (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Okay, so Iman Shumpert is a career 34% from three. He's got some Hmm. nice length. He's athletic. That's the thunder mold. Uh, He could play the two and the three. He can even steal some minutes at point guard. He was considered to be a point guard coming out. Of Georgia Tech, even though he couldn't get the ball to Derek Favors uh, to save his life during that year in college, um, man, I don't know. His stats don't look that good.
1: Yeah. Oh, I remember <laughs> why I didn't think it would work because he only he's an expiring. So for the Kings, it's like, what's in it for them? You you would have to give them something significant. You're asking them to pay. Well, I mean, I guess they have to reach the salary floor, anyways, but. I don't know. It's it's not like a deal where the Kings would be getting off of future money.
0: No, they wouldn't.
1: They're just getting off of them for a year.
0: Yeah, I wonder if there's anything else the Thunder could take back because obviously they could take back more.
1: They no. I was looking at the Kings roster and I realized that like next season they have like 17 million committed. Like something it's all rookie. It's all rookies. It's all rookies and it's all these guys who are expiring like Garrett Temple and Zach Randolph. Would you
0: rather have Garrett Temple than Shumpert?
1: Yeah, I would. I I like Garrett Temple.
0: Would you do... Would you do Garrett Temple and Costa Koufos for Carmelo? Where does Costa play? (laughs) I don't know if he does. Uh, I mean... I just hope that they get him to shave his head if he came here. (laughs) been hanging on hair for way too long yeah see he weighs about the same amount that deontay
1: burton does
0: really (laughs) he's like 265
1: i really hope deontay burton ends up sticking in the league (laughs) he's so fun i just think he's
0: (laughs) he's 24 years old so like he's he's gonna make if he's gonna make it he's gonna make it in
1: the next couple years They should only sell his jersey in like 2XL (laughs) if he makes it.
0: (laughs) He is so, he, I like him a lot. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be any good, but I just like the idea of him.
1: Oh, Um, man. Any, you have any other trade ideas? Um, no, not really. I was looking through like Toronto, I was looking through Portland. I mean, we had talked about Portland previously. Mm -hmm. Um, the issue with them is that the most likely candidate would be Evan Turner. And that's just more yeah. guys who can't shoot, that's even though idea. he he does, he, you know, he has playmaking ability and he can score. Um, the lack of shooting would be an issue. Uh, I looked through Denver a little bit, but didn't really, I mean, there you'd have to take back someone like Mason Plumley, which doesn't make any sense. No. And would so, you trade with, would, I mean, he said he's waved, there's no trade clause. He may, so, you know what? I have another trade clause again, you guys. Yeah. Uh, Houston makes zero sense because it would, I'm assuming it would have to include Ryan Anderson. They're not going to give us Eric Gordon. No, so, no.
0: Everybody's like Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker. Can we make that happen? Like, of, of, right. of course, I thought would do that. I mean, they do that in a heartbeat, but the, the Rockets aren't, That
1: would make the Rockets like fighting for the eighth seed. I feel like
0: right if they did something like that.
1: Yeah. So when you start looking at it, there's really only like four or five teams yeah. that it could possibly be that could be involved. Um, let me let me look at Portland one more time. Is there anyone else? Well, there is Mo Harkless. We do like Mo Harkless. We do. Um, now, see with them, it would definitely have to be a three-teamer, or you're taking back just a ton of money, right? So I don't know. You could do. Uh, to Chicago, uh,
0: that's not working. You do the thought of taking on like Cristiano Felicio's contract or Omir contract, and sending them mellow, and then you just you acquire just a big trade exception, and yeah, then, which is like the the least exciting thing possible, just because you know that trade exception is just going to expire. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean the Thunder have rarely done and I mean teams just rarely do anything with those trade exceptions and so it's nice to have the tool there especially when you're capped out like the Thunder are but uh, I don't find that to be too exciting and like you think about if they didn't have Neuron so well you'd think about doing Robin Lopez for Mello, and you'd probably have to throw Chicago a sweetener um, but again I don't know I, I don't, I don't love really any of the ideas for Chicago unless they're willing to include Justin Holiday. Then it's like, okay, like he can play for OKC, but anybody else, they're either a young guy or they're just their contract is terrible. And so it's there's not a lot of I don't see a lot of exciting deals for the Thunder with Chicago in particular. So I kind of feel like it's going to be with Miami, with Atlanta with the kings or i mean that's probably about it right and like one of those teams could buy him out and send him to Houston if that's what yeah. if that's what he wants to do
1: so so now that we've kind of talked through it what do you think is more likely that they trade him for what is essentially just a salary dump where they take back a little bit less money of a player who's really probably not going to be a contributor or do you think it's more likely that they actually bring back someone who contributes? I would just be shocked if they didn't. I'd be a little surprised because I think
0: that Sam understands the position that they're in. They have these two guys that are in their prime. They're, you can't really wait around to compete, you need to try to compete today. And if you, I just don't, Sam Presti has rarely just let an asset go for nothing, uh, he's always tried to get value out of whatever he can you know like Serge Ibaka like you're just going to look back at what he was able to do with the value that he had left in Serge Ibaka who was going into his last year of his deal There was a lot of rumblings that he was going to leave OKC and he's able to trade him for what eventually became Paul George and Jeremy Grant which is just crazy to think about and so I would just be surprised if he looked at Mel and said, "Yeah, let's uh let's see if we can throw a bone to our owners here and just get, just save a bunch of money and not make this team any better." And I think the ownership group too, I don't think that they are telling Sam like, "Hey Sam, man, we got to save some money here. You need to do this and only to save money." I I've, I've just never heard that from anybody. That that's what the ownership group wants. So I think there are win-win Deals where you can save money and get a player that comes back that can help. And I would just be surprised if they don't get a player that helps. And it may not be anybody that we've discussed. You know, I think that, you know, the three players, James Johnson, Tyler Johnson, or Dion Waiters, I think they all help the Thunder today. And I think that they all make sense to a degree. Uh, you know, Iman Shumpert makes sense to a degree as well. I think that uh, Garrett Temple makes sense for OKC. Uh, I think that George Hill makes sense for the Thunder if they were to trade him to Cleveland. Um, I think that all those make sense, and they all save money, and they all bring back a player that can help the Thunder today. I would just be surprised if they didn't try to use him to gain an advantage and try to find a player. I've mentioned all the all the guys I've mentioned, I feel like all fit the mold of a guy that can come in and defend and score a little bit to help this team, and I think that's what the Thunder need.
1: Yeah, and I I think another important point is that if we assume that Westbrook, Paul George, and Stephen Adams are the core guys going forward, this is going to be one of the few opportunities that OKC is going to have to add a significant piece like that. Yeah. Um, Because otherwise, they're going to have to do it through minimum contracts, maybe a mid-level exception, um, or the draft like this is their chance to actually add a significant tri- contributor who's already a, an established NBA player yeah
0: and Thunder have done really well in recent history with trades and so Sam has just been very good at that I know people are ah, the Harden trade huh, you they're idiots haha you know but the Oladipo trade with Serge Ibaka was a great trade and then I think the trade for Paul George has shown to be a great trade. Now, the Melo trade today, it looks pretty bad. But if they're able to bring in a player with this, I don't think that it's a, an immediate failure because I don't think the Thunder are giving the contract to Doug McDermott that the Pacers did. And then Ennis scanner, while he's a great regular season guy, he's still a guy you can't play come playoff time when you're playing good teams. He was He was horrible in that first-round series against the Rockets. And so you just have to wonder if maybe this Melo deal could end up being a good thing for the Thunder in that one, they're going to save some money uh, in this last year of his deal. And two, they're going to bring in a player that can help. And man, if it's Dion waiters, you're bringing back Dion to OKC, bringing the redemption back to the Thunder. I mean, it's just, that would be a huge, that'd be a huge get for the Thunder. And so he, obviously he needs to be healthy for that to you know come true but you just have to wonder if the thunder can you know create something good out of what looks like a failure i mean i i would call the mellow trade the mellow experiment a failure at the end of the day just because i think that he kind of killed their playoff hopes uh, in the first round i think that if he didn't play at all i think there's a chance the thunder beat the jazz but um he did play, and they lost in the first round, and I think that's a failure, but they were still able to bring back Paul George, which seems like a miracle at this point. But it's uh, it'll be interesting to see because it's been pretty rare in recent history that Sam Presti has lost a trade or that he hasn't at least done well in a trade.
1: Um, and the other part that I think we we're going to talk about the other part of getting rid of Melo is that you get to change the way your team plays. Yeah. Um, which Brett Dawson wrote an article um, talking to Billy Donovan about how they're playing in summer league and how they want that to mirror the way that they're going to play next regular season, which basically is just increased pace, more ball movement, um, which makes sense for a lot of reasons. You know, last year they were, 15th in pace right meanwhile they're like the number one team in deflections number one team in loose balls recovered number one team in the regular season and points off of or percentage of points off turnovers they were third in the regular season in percentage of points coming from fast breaks i mean this team is built to run they have the players to get out and run um, but mellow kind of stalled that a little bit <laughs> yeah he did
0: I just, and Melo is just a guy that if, if he's on the floor, you have to think about him being there and he to, to like Westbrook and to Paul George and to all those guys that have really studied the league and been around for a long time. Like Melo a big deal he's not just any guy. And so you have to be aware that he's on the floor and you want to throw him the ball. Cause like he's, just think about like how many times Mello has probably put up 20 or 30 on Paul George in his career. And he's like, Oh, like he has great respect for that guy. And so you have to throw him the ball and things have to slow down a little bit for him to be able to get the ball. And so without having to think about that with having a while, Patrick Patterson's like nowhere near the, the skill level of a mellow, I just think that he fits that role that they wanted. And the Thunder kind of get a second chance at that starting lineup and to see what it can do. Because I, you kind of wish that they didn't do the Melo deal so they could see what it looks like to have Patterson out there because, one, he's a fantastic ball mover. Uh, he's got He's one of the best touch passers in the NBA, and he hits corner threes uh, at a nice rate. And so that's kind of what you want from that position, somebody that's going to help the ball movement, somebody that's going to catch and shoot And that's what Patterson does. And so they're going to run more. They're going to be able to move the ball more with that. Uh, You don't have to think about anybody. I think that Paul George and Russ are going to get a ton of touches. And there may be still low in passes per game. I think that Billy wants ball movement. He has emphasized that every year that he's been the Thunder coach. Has it ever really happened? No. No. Uh, can it happen with the Westbrook team? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Royce Young thinks, seems to think that it'll happen. We talked a lot about that on the OKC Dream Team podcast yesterday. Uh, you should go check that out if you haven't subscribed. Um, but it's it's interesting to think about what this team could be because you know that they're going to be a defensive monster now and then if their offense can be more fully free flowing, I have my doubts about that. I think that it still could end up being a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop type of stuff with the players they have now, rather than, you know, a lot of ball movement, you know, setting screens and things like that. I'd love that. That's the kind of basketball that I like. And I like to watch, but I would be a little surprised if, if Russell Westbrook wanted to play into that.
1: Um, I want to give you two stats. So I was looking, uh, on NBA.com looking at different play types and I was looking at the frequency that they ran that play type and then the points per possession for that play type. So just two examples of how getting rid of Melo could potentially help this team. So last year in isolation plays, they were actually second in the league in frequency. So the percentage of their total plays that ended up in isolation, only second to the Rockets, who we all know are like the ISO Kings, mm-hmm. and yet they were 23rd in the league in points per possession on isolation plays. Now, contrast that with off-screen plays. They were 24th in the league in frequency, but they were third in the league in points per possession. And you would think that if they're moving the ball more, if, they, if they're if they having more ball movement, they're going to have more off-screen plays, which they were much better at last year, as opposed to isolation, which, you know, Mello was a big part of that. Right, and Mello, well, I thought that he got better as the season went along
0: uh, at screening. He just was not really a willing screener overall, and he didn't a lot of times make contact with the defender. He would often just kind of set there and then roll back and not go all the way back to the three point line, but go back for a deep two, which I also think hurt the thunder offense. but if you have like under Robertson. He does so many of the little things that I think the Thunder missed. He's a great rebounder. He's obviously a great defender, but he's a good screen setter, too. And he's a guy that, you know, when the Thunder were clicking, he was moving a lot and setting a lot of off-ball screens and doing a lot of things, those little things for the Thunder. I think Jeremy Grant's a good screener. I think that Nerlens Noel well is a good screener. And so to have those kind of guys out there, and I think Russell could be a good screener. He just never does it. Just never, ever sets a ball screen. It just doesn't happen. And for me to think that he's going to suddenly start doing this, I would just be shocked to see him do it, to move off ball, to set screens, to get guys open. And a lot of times you set screens to get yourself open, which kind of drives me crazy that he wouldn't do it because I think it would really help the offense. But and I'd be shocked if Billy didn't agree that Westbrook needs to set more screens. I just don't know how willing he is to do that. But we'll see. I think that also Billy finally gets a chance to have a team for Two consecutive years, that's pretty similar. He's finally got some continuity with the core of his team. And maybe now he can implement something that he wants to. Because last year, I don't know how much the coaching staff could really implement what they wanted to. Because I think that they were a little bit worried about just keeping everybody happy. And like not upsetting the balance of this team. And that seemed to be more important than anything last season was to make sure that we didn't have a lot of unhappiness within this roster, within this locker room, so that we can have a chance to re-sign Paul George. Well, now they've got him locked up. And now I feel like Billy has more freedom, more rope to do what he wants to do. And so he wants to have more ball movement. He wants to have more player movement. He talks about that all the time. He, wouldn't, he would, didn't stop talking about it from the beginning of the season through the playoffs, that that's what they want. You go into the locker room before the game, he has like his key things for, for the game written on the whiteboard, and ball movement, player movement, was always on that whiteboard before the game, always. And so you just wonder, can he implement that this season? And so I feel like he's really going to have a chance to do it. If Russell is willing to do it, then I think that the answer could be yes.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of... I kind of want to go back and listen to the Low Post podcast after the Mellow trade last summer. Because um, I remember back then, and I disagreed with it at the time, but Zach Lowe was pretty lukewarm on the Mellow deal. yeah. Um, and conversely, he, was, he had previously been high on the idea of the third team without Mellow, just like what they were after the Paul George signing. Um and I think it'd be useful to go back and listen to that to see how people were thinking about the thunder pre-Mello. Yeah. Um and and you have to decide how much of that was because of Ennis Cantor. I mean that's what it comes down to. That's really the main difference between that team and how the team is currently constructed. Right. Um so the the big question though Andrew how interesting does this trade have to be for you to do an emergency podcast when it happens? <laughs> if, if it ends up being a salary dump, are you, are you doing an emergency pod for Amon Shumpert? So I'll
0: probably do what I've been doing. If it's just, and I might do this anyways. And just if it's a little deal, I, I thought that the Netherlands is a deal. It was awesome. And I don't even know if we've talked about it yet, but I think that we should probably talk about it for a minute. Uh, I just attached like a small, podcasts like onto the the current one and yeah and so that's probably what i'd do if it was a salary dump we might have to do a whole big show if it's if dion comes back we're we're doing like a live podcast <laughs> down at anchor down if he comes back um but uh i i'm very interested to see what sam can do but what are your what are your thoughts on new Orleans have we talked about New Orleans i don't think so well, tell tell me you've been you've been a Nerlens guy for a long time. Tell
1: me your your yeah. excitement and your thoughts about Noel on this team. I do love Nerlens. It it originally goes back to just fantasy basketball because uh, that first season to find a guy who gets you two steals and two blocks a game is just very rare. Ooh, so rare, so rare. Uh, so that's my that was my original just fascination with him. That's when I fell in love with Nerlens, and I've just followed him ever since um formerly i was formerly a sixers fan so obviously i i was interested in for that reason as well um i just think that there's still a ton of potential there and now that we're talking, going back to the idea of them playing faster i think it's going to be nice to have someone like a, a a real five behind steven adams who can back him up a little bit yeah um so that you don't have to play steven adams huge minutes when you're playing a team that has you know two legitimate centers back to back um, you know, like w- when we're playing Utah or something, I think it's going to be really helpful to have someone like Nerlens there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I think there's the upside, which is, you know, this is a definitely a prove it contract for him. I mean, if this works out for the thunder, he will probably not be on this team next year, um, because he will have played really well and then he gets a bigger deal. So I, I think that's probably the best case scenario is that he just has like a great year sort of he's sort of like our demarcus cousins you know this is probably just a one-year deal um but but i'm I'm really excited because i i I still do believe him you've said it before some guys just don't fit in the dallas system we saw it with rondo and then he went on to new orleans and looked great in the playoffs last year um i'm not saying that new orleans should be thought of like rondo but i just think that there's still a ton of potential there and i'm Mm -hmm. just excited to see him i might that might be my first thunder jersey he I think he's going to be awesome. I just think that he
0: is coming in, he's motivated, he understands what he needs to do. He understands that he's he he missed out on that 4-year $70 million contract that he could have taken and now it's time to rehab his image to the rest of the league. And if he can come in, be willing to take a backup role and you know, by mid-season even by February you think like wow like the thunder have like two starting centers on their team and we could see the thunder maybe even favor noel in certain situations because he can move his feet a little bit better than Adams can and i don't i don't see that out of the possibility i think that's obviously best case scenario but i think that it's it's just really it's an interesting deal for the thunder because they get another chance to rehab a guy who was thought to be the number one pick until he got hurt. And then he ended up falling. I think he was like seventh or eighth in that draft. But it's it's a nice pickup for the Thunder at, at a minimum deal. And so I, I'm, I'm excited for him. And like you said, when you're playing a team that's big like Utah, that was one of the deals with Utah is that the Thunder just didn't have anybody there when Steven came out of the game. They were just able to take advantage of the Thunder on the boards. I mean, Derek Favors just ate them up. Uh, in a couple games on the offensive rebounds. And it was because they couldn't play Stephen Adams for 48 minutes. And now you have a big guy that can come in that rebounds, that block shots, that kind of does the little things. And so and it also gives Raymond Felton a guy that can set a good screen with him. And so uh, I'm excited about him too. I think that the the idea of him is is really intriguing. And then the Thunder basically have a defensive anchor in for 48 minutes, which, you know, I think that that's a lot of times what it takes to be a top three, even, even the best the Thunder have the potential to be the best defense in the NBA. They really do. Uh, and I think that New Orleans could
1: be a huge part of that. Yeah. The only thing I hope is that we still do see some lineups with grant at the five. Yeah. Cause I I, did, I do think that has a place on this team. Sure. I hope it's not just purely Adams, Noel, the whole season.
0: Yeah. And with, the way Billy coaches it won't be because he he's going to tinker with the lineup all season and it's going to frustrate fans but hopefully come playoff time he'll find enough things that worked that uh, they can use Alex anything else before we go I have a feeling that we're just going to get a woge bomb at any time now and it's Uh, going to this whole podcast just completely null and void I'm being attacked on Reddit about what?
1: somebody there's a front page post from a golden state warrior fan right now titled kyle singler was never a bottom five player not even once and it's all about <laughs> they're defending kyle singler two years after i wrote that post about how kyle singler <laughs> not was even the once worst player in the nba <laughs> uh, but it was it was kind of funny because in the so that that post that i wrote a long time ago spawned somebody else named it this but they called it the singler line which is when your field goal percentage three point percentage and free throw percentage add up to less than 100 yeah (laughs) and so he was making the case that singler has never actually been below the singler line for a whole season and then someone in the comments was like yeah we should call it the Houston line because it turns out josh Hustis was below 100 last year no
0: josh (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh man
1: that's funny so that's your, that's your uh, Reddit update for the week.
0: <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. You got to follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Uh, he's a fun follow. He's got some smart NBA takes as well. So be sure to follow him. You can follow our show at DownToDunk on Twitter. You can follow me at AndrewKSchlecht. Please go check out the press. They're wonderful. Uh, you guys have been so awesome at leaving five-star iTunes reviews lately. It's been uh, kind of overwhelming. Uh, you guys have just really shown up, and it really means a lot to us. So continue to do that. If you haven't done it, you can go to iTunes on your phone. If you have an iPhone, go to the podcast app, search down to Dunk, and you can tap five stars really easily. You can also do it on your computer from iTunes. So just take a few minutes of your time. I know there's still a ton of you out there that haven't done that. If you are a new subscriber to our show, welcome. We're glad that you are listening. Please tell your friends about our show. This is kind of how this thing snowballs uh, to something even bigger As you guys just share it with your friends. So share it on social media. If you have a chance, we always tweet out the podcast. So take some time to retweet that. I don't care if you have two followers or 2,000 followers. It just means a lot to us that you would be willing to share that with your friends. So please do that. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you guys again Friday and maybe even sooner because we might have a mellow deal on our hands soon.